What's good, everybody? This is your guy, Manny, and this is the Talking Sports with Manny YouTube channel. This is the Talking Sports with Manny podcast, and today we're going to be talking about week three recap uh, from this past weekend. To me, honestly, it was some boring football. I don't know about you guys, but overall, football is football, and I'm not complaining because when there's no football around, we complain. So I can't complain when there's bad football being played on Sunday. I'm going to run my intro, and we're going to get this show on and popping. All right, so we're going to kick things off with the game. Um, they started on Thursday night, which was the Cleveland Browns versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers lose this game to now go one and two so far this season. Trubisky has not played well at all. And I, th I believe they said Trubisky, maybe in three games or so, he only has like two or three passing touchdowns or something like that. It's like a really, really low number. I'm going to click on Trubisky and really look at his stats and see. So in three games, Trubisky has 569 yards passing, which is not bad for three games, but two touchdowns in three games and one interception. He does have some rushing touchdowns, but you need more passing touchdowns than just two. That's not going to cut it. In a passing league, you're going to need touchdowns. They lost to uh, Pittsburgh last week, and then now you're losing to, to Cleveland, a team that's playing another, uh, um, how can I put it, another backup quality guy in Brissett. So, Brissett cannot be outperforming Mitch Trubisky, being that Mitch Trubisky got paid more. Timeout Sports was good, my brother. Timeout Sports says, went shaking my head. Yesterday was ugly. Yesterday was definitely ugly. I'm definitely getting to the Washington game next on the docket. But uh, for now, uh, talking about this Cleveland and Pittsburgh game, um, a lot can be said about Cleveland. Cleveland has two good running backs in Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Both guys combined, like the, like the team in general, combined for 171 yards rushing from the field. So Kareem Hunt, 23 carries, 113 yards rushing and a touchdown. Kareem Hunt pitched in with 12 for 47. Brissett, 3 for 11. So they ran the ball very well. Um what I saw out of Brissett was leadership. He's made the correct plays. In the last two weeks, Brissett has played beautiful football, bringing back life to a guy like Amari Cooper. So this is two good games for Amari Cooper, who had seven catches for 101 yards yesterday, I mean, uh, Thursday night in a touchdown. But the biggest surprise, the reason why the Browns won this game was because of David Njoku. David Njoku had nine catches, 89 yards, and a score. Anybody who knows me knows that I do not like David Njoku. I don't like his game. I don't think that he's a good player. But you think that the that the bulk of the receptions are going to go to a guy like Kareem Hunt. But the bulk went to Njoku. He was targeted 10 times. He caught nine of them. Amari Cooper targeted 11 times, caught seven of them. So now, even in fantasy football, it's time, it's time to start looking at a guy like Amari Cooper and saying, hey, be confident in him, putting him back into your starting lineups. With Njoku, to each his own. But this has been a down year for tight ends anyway. On the flip side, we go to the Pittsburgh side. Like I told you guys, Trubisky's been bad. 207 yards passing. He was sacked one time. Uh, Najee Harris, 15 carries for 56 yards. He started out nice. I was like, man, Najee Harris is going to have a great game. And then he kind of just fizzled out. 
Deontay Johnson made a heck of a catch. Then Clay um, uh, Pickens made a heck of a catch as well. So Deontay Johnson seems to be back. Eight receptions for 84 yards. Pat Firemuth was not involved in this game. If Pat Firemuth was involved even more, they'd possibly win the game. Pittsburgh's defense did not look great. For a, a, a team that has a great defense, yes, using, losing your leader in what? What does a lot of things for this team? Even with Minka Fitzpatrick, Watt is the main guy. And without Watt, this team, this defense looks mediocre. And that's just what happened. The Browns was able to have their way with these guys. The Browns played solid team defense and the offense produced. And they just did everything right in order to win this game. So let's go ahead and shift gears to the next game. And it was the Eagles versus my commanders. I hated this game with a passion. Matter of fact, I was not even watching the game. That's just how bad it was. I was just kind of following the score. Usually this guy streams it on Instagram, and I'm able to you know, hop on and, and watch the game. But he wasn't streaming, and I kind of looked at the score, and I'm like, ah, should I watch it? I not watch. I was following the ticker on ESPN. And then when things started to get out of hand, I'm like, I'm so glad I'm not watching this game. I get on Twitter. I'm seeing people's reaction. People are, are, are mad. People are pissed off. My, then my uncle texts me. He's like, look, man, this team and this mad. And somebody messages me and say, hey, was it Carson Wentz or was it uh, Scott Turner or Ron Rivera? Like, what was the? I said, look, I'm not watching the game. I cannot give you a reason why. But everybody's blaming Wentz, rightfully so. Even until today, I've not seen the highlights. All I know is that Wentz was sacked nine times. Granted, some of the sacks are possibly on Wentz because he's a guy that likes to hold the ball, hold the ball, hold the ball, and then try to make a play. Some of these things are called coverage sacks, right? So then if it's coverage, if it's coverage sacks, then that means the, re the receivers weren't really getting open. We all know that James Bradbury and Slay are two really good corners. So if the outsides are covered, who's in the inside? You expect Logan Thomas to have a game. You'll expect Dotson or Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel was targeted 10 times. He caught seven receptions for 48 yards. A lot of these receptions, they don't really go anywhere. It's an extension of the run game because the run game is so bad. 12 carries for 38 yards for Antonio Gibson. He was able to get that last second touchdown at the end just to just score. But offense looked really, really bad. So I can't really tell. Do you blame John Matsko and say, hey, offensive line, you guys played pretty bad? Or are you blaming Wits? for the majority of these sacks. So I like, I don't know. I don't know what happened with Washington. All I can tell you is that it was really, really bad and it was really, really awful. Then you look at uh, Terry McCorn. He's getting the big money. He gets open. Is it that he's getting open or is he being locked down? Terry did not really get a catch until the third quarter from what I'm hearing. So Terry ended up with six receptions for 100 and uh two yards and he caught a big long uh 45 yarder but these are empty stats these stats don't make any sense because it is not it's not a, it's not a reflection of what happened even at the end even when they made it eight they went for two they missed the uh, two-point conversion so it's like you really cannot make a comeback you can't expect to to score points in the fourth quarter every single week like i think the commanders possibly lead the league in fourth quarter points we saw it week one they score two touchdowns in the fourth quarter to win it. We saw week two. They try to come back after being down a million points to the Lions. So it's always different. There's always something different with this team. Timeout Sports writes, I looked at the film. Wentz didn't step up at all. Three of the sacks he should have been able to avoid. 
The line was bad also. I'm not feeling good about this team. I wasn't feeling good about this team after the first after the first week, to be honest. You beat Jacksonville, but it was how you how you was able to beat Jacksonville. You had to come back. So the team lacks consistency, whether they start off hot, whether they start off slow. They always try to make things work at the end of the game. Like even last year when Heineke was a quarterback, I've not seen any changes. The defense looks trash. The defense is terrible. So defense has not even progressed. So I don't even expect anything different until the defense starts to play ball. A few years ago when we won the, the like the NFC East 7-9 record, blase, blase, defense stepped up at a certain point. That's why they were able to win that, you know, win those games. This defense, I don't see Montez Sweat out there doing anything. The defensive tackles have been good. Uh, Jamin Davis has been up and down. The linebacking group looks horrible. Cole Holcomb makes plays or he gets tackles. You look at the stats, but he doesn't really – he's not what you're looking for out of a middle linebacker. You need more. Cameron Curl finally came back. you think it would help the defense. It didn't really help the defense. It really didn't. Um, but the, the, I guess the best thing that we can say is that Jamin Davis had two sacks, but for those who watched the game, how did the two sacks look? You know, I'm looking at the box score. It says two sacks. I have to go ahead back and dig into the game. When I do my commander's pod, I would really be able to dig in and give more insight towards this game that I didn't watch. I'll have to now go look at the film and see, um, you know, what happened, you know, and then uh, obviously William Jackson, the third wasn't there and, it was just a mess. All I know is that Jalen Hurts looked great, 340 yards, three touchdowns. He was throwing some amazing passes to Devontae Smith, who had eight receptions, 169 yards in the score. Devontae Smith looked like Randy Moss out there. He was mossing people left, right, ah, ah, ah. And then A.J. Brown pitched in five receptions for 85 yards. The Titans are crying every single day for letting A.J. Brown go. The Eagles are excited about it. Dallas Goddard also got a score. So their big three got a score. The running game was decent. They weren't great. So one thing Washington does well is, is slowing down the run game, traditional run game. We're not talking about end of rounds or anything fancy. Just they do a decent job at just stopping the run for the most part. So Man, horrible performance all around. Let's go ahead and move to the next game. I'm done with this team. Um, let's look at the Ravens and and uh, the Patriots. I will not say that it was an exciting game, but I would say that it was a pretty decent game. Matt Jones scores a touchdown. He had a rushing touchdown, and he was doing a little gritty and doing his thing. And, you know, it looked, looked crazy doing it. But, um, you know, uh, Ramondre Stevenson. Had 12 carries, 73 yards, um, and a score. He also pitched in in the receiving work with four receptions, 28 yards. So it, it seems like as the running backs for for the Pats started to get injured and started to get phased out, they're going to just rely on Stevenson and Damian Harris. It's going to be a split. The difference is they need to be more dynamic on offense. Matt Jones is decent. He had three interceptions. Like, you cannot have these turnovers and expect to win. You got to play sound football. Um, they had some injuries on their wide receiving group, but Devontae Parker stepped up. Big game, five receptions for 156 yards. This was the reason they traded for him, but they're going to need more out of him. I think the Patriots are like two or three weapons away from being a really good offense. Um, it's just not there. Like, the receiving core is just not there. 
Um, but we flipped the uh, we flipped the script to the Ravens. Lamar Jackson looked awesome, man. He, 218 yards, another four touchdowns, uh, one interception. He also ran 11 times for 107 yards and another score. So Lamar Jackson had five touchdowns. This guy has been amazing all year. And I remember um, that I said that I, I predicted uh, Lamar Jackson to throw for 3,500 yards. I predicted Lamar Jackson to rush for 1,100 yards and 10 rushing touchdowns and also 25 passing touchdowns. I think I am well on my way towards my prediction being right. But then that means Lamar can ask for anything he wants after this season is over. Mark Andrews had a good game, eight receptions, 89 yards, two scores. Devin DuVernay scored. Devin, Devin DuVernay has been solid this season. Bateman pitched in as well. This offense uh, got a, a boost in getting J.K. Dobbins back. Even though J.K. Dobbins didn't really do too much, it just feels good to see J.K. Dobbins back out there. The Ravens are going to be a problem for so many teams. And I know last week they lost that tough game to Miami. They're kind of pissed right now. Lamar Jackson is pissed. Lamar Jackson is having a MVP-type season. There's no doubt in my mind that Lamar Jackson wins the MVP this year. He's gonna, I mean, he's gonna play crazy. He's gonna play bananas to where when it's all said and done, when it's time to pay him, he will have the highest contract ever by any player in NFL history when he gets paid. Only difference is how much money is he gonna get guaranteed? He can ask for more guarantees. I mean, he can ask for whatever he wants if he wins another MVP. And hopefully, you know, if they go far in the playoffs, he can definitely, definitely ask for whatever he wants. Um, so yeah, overall it was a decent game. It was entertaining, but at the end of the day, football was still very weird on Sunday. And speaking of weird, how in the world does a team that loses to Jacksonville ends up being a team that beats Kansas City Chiefs? The Chiefs just fired or just released their kicker not too long ago, but you can't blame the game on a kicker. You saw Eric. And um, Coach Eric and uh, Mahomes, like, just slugging it out on the on the, on the the uh, sidelines, talking, cussing each other out because they had differences in opinion. Mahomes wanted to be more aggressive. It seemed like they were just so conservative. And the run game for the Chiefs was so terrible. They had 58 yards as a team. Kyle Edwards Hilaire, check this out. Seven carries for zero yards. You cannot win a game. How does Clyde Edwards-Alaire run seven times for zero yards but gets a touchdown? It's amazing. It's some, look, it was some amazing, terrible football going on on Sunday. The, to where the Chiefs' leading rusher was Patrick Mahomes, four carries for 26 yards. That cannot happen. That cannot happen. Against the Colts, losing their best defensive weapon, and you only score 17 points, that's just not going to cut it. Mahomes had... 220, 262 yards passing, one touchdown, one interception. So Mahomes, yes, he did have his own blame. Juju Smith-Schuster finally broke out, had a good game, five receptions for 89 yards. They need more of that. They need more consistent Smith-Schuster. All these other guys that they got, Valdez, Scotland, he's terrible. Miko Harden, terrible. A lot of these guys that they have are not even good weapons. I will not be surprised if um, a team like Kansas City makes a trade for Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay wants out of the Giants. And we're going to see what happens tonight when he plays against the Cowboys. If Kenny Galladay does not get targets or does not get involved in the offense, then I see a scenario where Kenny Galladay is gone and he might be going to Kansas City Chiefs for like maybe a fifth-round pick or a sixth-round pick. Why not? The Chiefs need more weapons, and the Giants are not using 
Kenny Galladay to how he's supposed to be used. You can say, oh, well, Kenny Galladay has lost a step. Kenny Galladay doesn't have a quarterback, but I, I, I'm pretty sure with a guy like Patrick Mahomes, he's going to definitely look a lot better. And Galladay is definitely better than guys like Scatlin and, and Hardeman and, and Watson. So we'll see what happens. But overall, I was not impressed at all whatsoever with the performance of the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, the winning team, Matt Ryan, finally had a game. You know, he had 222 yards passing, two touchdowns. He had no interceptions. Although he was sacked five times, you can tell that Matt Ryan really wanted to win. Matt Ryan really wanted to change the narrative because he's been hearing that Carson Wentz versus Matt Ryan comparison all season. Or, oh, the Colts have now brought in another quarterback that's not going to lead them anywhere, right? The Colts was, was supposed to be a Super Bowl contending team with a better quarterback. The plan for the Colts all along was to get Matt Ryan. They said, right? Washington fans, including myself, celebrated Carson Wentz first two weeks. And then some, some fans are mad right now. But I think that Carson Wentz is going to be fine. I think that Matt Ryan is going to be fine. It's just all going to be about a total team effort. Uh, Michael Pittman comes back. I told you guys he's the key to Matt Ryan. If Matt Ryan wants any kind of success, he needs to target my, uh, Michael Pittman Jr., and he did. He targeted him nine times. He caught eight receptions, 72 yards, should have had a score, didn't get a score. Alec Pierce, who also missed the game last week, came back, was targeted five times, caught three receptions for 61 yards. So the passing game looked fluid. The running game looked decent. But the most important thing was the defense for, uh, for the Colts. I also talked about Matt Ryan not having a turnover. I lied. Matt Ryan did fumble twice, but he lost one uh, fumble. So uh, the interceptions is, you know, really what people look at over over the fumbles. People don't really look at the fumbles in the stat sheet when you're comparing quarterbacks. You look at the touchdowns, the completions, the yards, and you look at the interceptions. So um, Colts win a tough, tough uh, a matchup at the Chiefs' home, I believe it was. So this is a big, big game for the Colts. And we'll see because in the Colts division, that division does not look good. The Titans don't even look good. Let's go ahead and go to the Titans game. So the Titans played the Raiders, and it was an interesting game. Titans had control of this game all along. You know, Derrick Henry had five receptions for 58 yards. That's almost like a career high. Derrick Henry does not get involved in the passing game. So when he's targeted six times catches, so they, 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 they wanted to get the ball in Derrick Henry's hands as much as possible. And he was able to score. So he had over 140 yards from scrimmage. That's a great game for Derrick Henry. 20 carries, 85 yards, and the score. Tannen Hill was solid, two, 264, a touchdown and an interception. Um, Robert Woods, welcome to the NFL. Welcome, welcome to this NFL season. He had four receptions for 85 yards. So the Titans' offense was clicking. The Titans got kind of confident that, you know, because this is two 0-2 teams coming into Sunday. And I'm like, oh, man, are the Titans going 0-2 or are the Vegas Raiders going 0-2? We have to remember the Titans had the best record in football last year, believe it or not. So it's just the Titans just find ways to win. And I think this win right here was so big, it's going to spark them to get on the ball. Titans are a really good team. Even though they lost a lot of pieces last year, they still have their main pieces now. When you look at the Raiders, Mac Hollins had eight receptions for 158 yards. A lot of fantasy managers all around the world were pissed off. Nobody started Mac Hollins, but we knew without Hunter Winfrey being in the game, the, the ball had to go somewhere. It wasn't Jacobs who had five receptions. It wasn't Adams. Adams had five receptions, 36 yards, and one score. 
It wasn't Monroe. It wasn't, I mean, of all the names that I can think of, not even Keelan Cole, it was Mac Hollins with eight receptions, targeted 10 times, 158 yards in the score. He had him a game. He had him a game. But that's the Titans. The Titans cannot cover anybody. I think the Titans secondary is just as bad as secondaries such as Washington. When you think of all the bad secondaries out there in the world, the Titans are one of them. They just can't cover anybody. But overall, uh, Titans played ball. Uh, some of their young corners did step up and, and made plays when they needed to make plays. The Raiders should have gotten a two-point conversion. They don't get a two-point conversion. They end up losing this game by two points. So that was – it was an interesting game. But to me, honestly, it was still boring. We move on to the Saints versus the Panthers. This was a game that I thought it was going to be a good game. I thought it was going to be competitive. Baker Mayfield has been terrible all year long. He had 170 yards and one touchdown. Like, 170 yards on 25 attempts is just not going to cut it. Like, what is Baker Mayfield's problem? I really don't know. Christian McCaffrey's being used more as a runner instead of a weapon. <laughs> McCaffrey had 25 carries for 108 yards. Um, he was only targeted four times. He caught two receptions for seven yards. LaVisca Chanel had that long 67-yard uh, touchdown. He had two receptions for 90 yards in the score. Uh, it's good to see Chanel, you know, out here having fun, out here uh, um, getting back to football. You know, so overall, the game was boring. DJ Moore had one reception for two yards. That's their big money guy. That's their big money guy. There's no way in the world he should have one reception. He's targeted six times. He had one reception for two yards. Do not be surprised if Baker Mayfield gets benched at some point this season. The only thing that's saving Baker Mayfield is that Sam Darnold is hurt. Their, their rookie quarterback is hurt. So do you go to Paul Walker? I mean, what do you do? The situation is just not looking great for Carolina at all. But they pull off this win. Jameis Winston had a good, <laughs> a good numbers game, but wasn't really effective. 353 yards passing, one touchdown, two interceptions. That's just who Jameis Winston is. Kamara comes back, 15 carries, 61 yards, and he gets hurt again. But I really wanted to highlight this game because Chris Olave, for those who watched my rookie impact video, I talked about Chris Olave. I told you guys to go ahead and pick him up on your fantasy teams before the breakout game comes. Lo and behold, he was targeted 13 times. He caught nine receptions for 147 yards. Chris Olave is a dog. He's one of the best route runners in this draft, uh, one of my favorite receivers in this draft, him, Jahan Dotson, and a few others. Traquan Smith had four receptions for 105 yards. Now, when you look at the two top guys, you're looking at Olave and you're looking at Smith. Like, what happened to Michael Thomas? I heard that Michael Thomas got hurt, but the injury wasn't too bad. Jarvis Landry also got hurt. So let me go over the injuries so far. Um, so the Lions running back DeAndre Swift could miss some time due to um, um, shoulder injury. It's a shoulder sprain. Um, he sustained it during the loss to the Vikings. And NFL Network insider Tom Palazzaro reports that um, the injury is not expected uh, to require surgery. So you could see uh, DeAndre Swift missed significant time. When I say significant, maybe two weeks, three weeks. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Also, the Lions safety, Tracy Walker, suffered a torn Achilles on Sunday and will miss the rest of the season. That's terrible news. The Packers, Jare, um, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> to be honest, was it Jare, Jare Alexander? 
Um, he will undergo further testing on Monday to determine the severity of his groin injury. But there's optimism that it won't be long term. So that's good. The Packers really need him. He's very important to what the Packers do on defense. And Coach Matt LaFleur uh, is going to be happy to get his star corner back. The Chargers lose left tackle Rashawn Slater. Um, he, he had a serious bicep injury and he's going to be gone for the season. I mean, that's, that's, that's just tough, man. That's tough. Um, the Chargers are just going through it from, I mean, their quarterback to just their entire team is hurt right now. Um, also the, uh, the Chargers, Joey Bosa, his groin, he will undergo some tests today. Um, he exited the game, uh, in the first half without returning. So I'm hearing that it's going to be week to week, but it's a serious injury. Uh, the Saints, Wide receiver Michael Thomas had a toe injury. He will undergo further tests today, but the injury is not considered serious. Um, that was reported by NFL insider Ian Rappaport. And then uh, the Saints wide receiver Jarvis Landry is dealing with soreness in his foot and will undergo further testing. Um, it doesn't appear to be serious. So with all those different injuries, especially the one for the Saints, you can kind of see how Chris Olave was able to get more love, more shine, and he just showed that he was a dog, man. Uh, targeted 13 times, nine receptions, 147 yards. And the best is yet to come for, for Olave. Uh, what was disappointing for the Saints was Kamara fumbling the ball. They tried to force feed Kamara. He just wasn't getting it. Um, and then a team that has Honey Badger and all these different pieces that they brought over, this defense for the Saints have not been good. How do you allow Carolina to score 22 points with Baker Mayfield? So, um, I'm not saying quarterback change for Jameis Winston because it's not Jameis Winston's fault totally, but I mean, Jameis Winston puts up stats. I'm not sure that he's a guy that leads people to wins. So, uh, with that being said, we'll see what happens as the season progresses. Monique, what's good? Appreciate you hopping on the stream. Monique writes, hey, Manny, someone dropped Ramondre Stevenson. Would you drop Gage or Gallup for him? I would drop Gallup for him, but I also want you to like really look and see what Gallup does tonight before you drop him. But yeah, I would definitely drop uh, Gallup for for uh, Ramondre Stevenson. And I was also one of those guys that dropped Stevenson this week uh, just because I need. I think I dropped Stevenson and I picked up Olave, so it wasn't a bad drop, a bad replacement. Both guys had over twenty points, but yeah, definitely um, Gallup for sure. I would say keep Russell Gage. He just had a huge game, and with the uncertainty of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiving group, you don't really know what's going to happen with that receiving group. So keep Russell Gage as long as Godwin is hurt and, you know, Julio is hurt, Mike Evans suspension. So uh, I would say Gallup is a guy to drop. It's going to take Gallup a, a little while to kind of get acclimated back to football anyways. Um, back to uh, these games. You got the Texans and the Bears. One of the worst matchups this week, but somehow, some way, the Bears continue to find ways to win. That's the craziest thing to me. Uh, Justin Fields is not it, but he just finds a way to win. This guy had 106 yards passing, two interceptions, and they still win the game. It was Khalil Herbert. Khalil Herbert is going to be the highest picked up person in the waivers this week. This guy had 20 carries, 157 yards, and two touchdowns. Khalil Herbert, man, he's a thing. Khalil Herbert is going to definitely take over this job when David Montgomery leaves next year in free agency. Justin Fields pitched in with a, with a few carries here and there. 
Uh, St. Brown pitched in. But overall, this Bears offense is terrible. The defense is nice. The offense is terrible. Davis Mills should be ashamed of himself. 245 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Damien Pierce, or yeah, Damien Pierce. For you guys that love Pierce, he, he balled out 20 carries, 80 yards of the score. Um, wasn't really too much to highlight on offense for neither one of these teams. Um, it was just a, an awful game in some random way. The Chicago Bears are two and one. Monique writes, very true. I'm not sure Gallup's going to play tonight. Well, he might. Hey, but either way, Gallup is the guy to drop. If I had to choose between Gallup and Gage, I'm definitely going to drop Gallup. All right, we move on to the next game, and it was the Bills and uh, the Dolphins. This was a game that everybody wanted to see. You have the Dolphins who are up and coming. You have Josh Allen, who's becoming the GOAT from what people are saying, from what people are saying, right? Josh Allen had 400 yards passing, two touchdowns, but he threw the ball 63 times to me, which was so concerning. To throw the ball 63 times, that just means that your running game is horrible. So when you look at the running game, Zach Moss had four carries for 60, I mean, for, for 46 yards. Their main starting running back, Singletary, had nine carries for 13 yards. That cannot happen. Although Singletary was involved in the pass game, he caught nine receptions for 70 uh, eight yards and a score. I get it on 11 targets, but running the ball, they have a problem. They were led by Josh Allen, eight carries for 47 yards. I don't want my starting quarterback getting eight carries, even if it's Josh Allen. That's you, you just don't want that. And until the Bills get a solid running game, they're going to have games like this where they can't close it out because they don't have that consistency. They're one dimensional. And even in a passing game, Stephon Diggs, I think he ran so many routes that he had cramps. He had to come out the game. He had seven receptions for 74 yards. There was not much that Diggs can do uh, to have his stamps on this game. McKenzie had a good game, seven receptions, 76 yards, and a score. Uh, those are the three uh, highly targeted guys, Singletary, McKenzie, Diggs. The Gabriel Davis hype is dying down. I mean, the uh, James Cook, all these different hypes of, these, of this magnificent uh, Buffalo – Bills offense. We have to remember Miami has a really good defense. You, you have to start giving them their props. Although Tua Tagovailoa did not really play a good game. He had 186 yards, but he made plays when they needed him to, and they won the game. Speaking of Tua, did you guys see him fall back, hit his head on a turf, get back up, and he's wobbly, and he's doing all this, and then they want to say it was his back? The NFL is going to investigate, but I really think it was a, it was a concussion and without Tua, they don't win this game. I think Tua really wanted to play, and somehow they found a way to let him play. Um, Jalen Waddle continues to do Jalen Waddle type things. Four receptions, 102 yards. Um, that was really the highlight of this of this offense. Run game was terrible, but at the same time, they got some goal line carries out of Chase Edmonds, who had six carries, 21 yards, and two scores. So it was a great game. Miami's now 3-0. I cannot even imagine how Miami will be 3-0. But somehow they find ways to win, and they really have some really – like, look, Miami's secondary is really, really good. Really, really good from Holland to, to you know, Baker and uh, Howard. They have uh, – Byron Jones, they have a solid, solid uh, uh, secondary. And they have a solid defense. They have some pass rushers. They have a little bit of everything. So Miami is a team to start taking seriously. I, I'm really interested. I'm really interested to see Miami in their next game to see can they add on to what they're already doing. 
Uh, but yeah, shout out to the coach, man. The rookie coach doing this thing. Um, the Vikings and the Lions, I felt this game was going to be a shootout. It was a shootout to an extent, but not the kind of shootout that I was thinking. Uh, really, Detroit should have won the game, uh, but it, it came down It came down to a, a play from Kirk Cousins to Osborne to kind of seal it. This might have been the best game on Sunday. We talked about DeAndre Swift and this injury. Without DeAndre Swift, he's a big piece to what the Lions do. Jamal Williams played great, 20 carries, 87 yards, and two scores. But you're going to need a little bit more. Uh, Mara St. Brown got hurt, was able, was, was able to come back. Uh, Jared Goff continues to play solid. He had 277 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. That's just who Jared Goff is. He's going to make some plays, but um, don't expect him to be like an Aaron Rodgers type that can put the team on his back. But the biggest disappointment for the Lions this year has been T.J. Hawkinson. Three receptions, 18 yards. He had a score, but he has been so terrible for a guy that you're thinking has the potential to be, you know, a, a, a Pro Bowl type tight end. I just don't see it out of this guy. He's been terrible this year, and he needs to step it up if the Lions want to continue their winning ways. The Lions are one and two, but they should really feel good about themselves. They could easily be three and oh. Dalvin Cook played a pretty good game, 17 carries, 96 yards, and a score. Um, I don't know if he got hurt or not, but it's something to really monitor. Um, Kirk Cousins had a good game, 260 yards, and two scores. Adam Thielen and Osborne played well, right? Both guys scoring. But then Justin Jefferson, the guy that everybody was saying that he's a new Cooper Cup, he didn't play he didn't play well. He didn't play well. So that's kind of what happens when people shift their focus and take away your best player. But at the end of the day, the Vikings are 2-1. I'm pretty sure that they are happy with their success so far. Joe Burrow, welcome back to the NFL. He had 275 yards passing, three scores. Um, run game was terrible. Mixing 12 carries for 24 yards. Tyler Boyd had a great game, four receptions, 105 yards, and a score. T. Higgins, 95 uh, receptions, 93 yards in the score. Jamar Chase, six receptions, 29 yards in the touchdown. That's where you kind of need more out of Jamar Chase. But at the end of the day, if Tyler Boyd is putting up 104, it's not a lot of you know yards to go around. Um, one of my favorite rookies this year, Garrett Wilson, he got hurt, was able to come back, had six receptions for 60 yards. Brees Hall had a better game. He was targeted 11 times in the passing game, caught six for 53. Uh, Elijah Moore has been very disappointing. Ten targets, four receptions for 49. you got to be able to do better than that. Joe Flacco has finally cooled off. He's back to being who he is. He's just a solid quarterback, a solid veteran. Um, had 285 yards, two interceptions, no score. Shout out to um, Conklin. Conklin had eight receptions for 84 yards. He led the team in both yard, uh, receptions and yards. So, Boring game, but uh, Bengals got back on track. They're now one and two. Now they can pursue getting back to 500 following next week's matchup. We got the Chargers. We got the Jags. If I told you the score is going to be 38 to 10, you'll think Chargers 38 and the Jags 10. But it's, it was a flip-flop. It was a flip-flop. Jags came out, hit them in the mouth. Trevor Lawrence played a, a great game, 262 yards passing, three touchdowns. James Robinson, he needs to be respected right now. He's putting up monster, monster numbers, 17 carries, 100 yards, and a touchdown. James Robinson is playing out of his mind right now. Even with the ETN hype, 
this is James Robinson's backfield, especially when it comes to running the ball. Zay Jones, 10 receptions, 85 yards in the score. Christian Kirk, six receptions, 72 yards in the score. Christian Kirk has been one of the best wide receivers in football so far this season. So it was a Kirk and the Jones show. Although the Jones brothers had touchdowns and Christian Kirk had another touchdown. Um, Josh Palmer finally had a, had a decent game. Six receptions for 99 yards. Uh, Guyton, 64 yards. Where was Mike Williams? He had a score, but where was he? The same Mike Williams we saw last week was not the same Mike Williams we're seeing this week. Austin Eckler was just nowhere to be found in the run game or the pass game. Although he had eight receptions for 48 yards, it's like these are not the Austin Eckler type numbers that we're looking for. Sony Michelle pitched in five for 22. We saw a lot of bad running uh, performances this week. We saw a lot of decent uh, quarterback passing games. Uh, when you when you definitely look at who the top quarterbacks are and who who are on the on the bottom, it's gonna surprise you this week. This week was very weird. Like Trevor Lawrence was a top quarterback this week. It just happens that way sometimes. So the the, the Jags are what are the Jags now? The Jags are two and one. They could easily be three and zero. They should have definitely beat Washington to be three and zero. But the Jags are two and one to start this young season. The Packers versus Tampa Bay. I talked about Romeo Dobbs. This was the Romeo Dobbs breakout game. My guy, Romeo Dobbs, had was targeted eight times, caught eight of those passes, 73 yards in the score. He, I, I told you guys the last show, I said, Romeo Dobbs, when it's all said and done, he is going to be the best wide receiver on the Green Bay Packers. And you're going to see that this year. He's going to end up ending the, ending the year, leading the team in, in, in uh, targets, receptions, yards, and touchdowns. It's just something special about Dobbs. You have Lazard, but Lazard is no Dobbs. Dobbs can do so much more. Dobbs is going to be similar to what Devontae Adams is or was to Aaron Rodgers. Um, the running game was terrible. Once again, I'm telling you, it was some terrible running back play all across the league. Aaron Jones had 12 carries. A.J. Dillon had 12 carries. They both had 36 and 32 yards rushing. 67 yards rushing as a team. Just terrible. Aaron Rodgers had 255 yards, two scores, and one interception. Not his best game, but definitely not his worst game. I think this might be his best game of the season. <laughs> Tom Brady, 271 yards passing, one touchdown. Fournette, 12 uh, carries for 35 yards. I'm telling you guys, it was just every good running back this week got 12 or less carries for 36 or less yards. That was just the theme for this Sunday. It was more of a passing game than you had few wide receivers that kind of like blew up a little bit, like Russell Gage, 12 receptions, 87 yards, and a score. So it was just a, a tough game. Tom Brady could not get that two-point conversion to fall and send the game to overtime. And then that's kind of how the game ends. That's kind of how the game ends. Um, the Rams and the Cardinals, another boring game on Sunday. Uh, Stafford, 249 yards passing, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, Akers had 12 carries for 61 yards in the score. So, hey, that was a good running back uh, uh, performance, I guess, based off of what, what, what we've been able to see. This was the game that Cooper Cup could not really get going. Cooper Cup was just out there, you know, four receptions, 44 yards. But they didn't really need any of that. They were solid enough to get the win. They, they kind of let Kyler Murray get all the yards he wanted. And when they got into the red zone, they forced him to kick field goals. Kyler Murray threw the ball 50 Seven, 58 times. 
314 yards passing, no touchdowns, no interceptions. James Conner, 13 carries, 39 yards, another bad performance by the running backs. Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, 14 receptions for 140 yards receiving. He was targeted a whopping 17 times. Greg Dortch has been solid all year. 10 targets, 9 receptions, 80 yards. Ertz pitched in with a few uh, yards here and there. I don't know what's going on with the Cardinals. Ever since DeAndre Hopkins has been gone, Kyler Murray has been very, very bad. So is it that they need more weapons? Is it that they need DeAndre Hopkins? Because with DeAndre Hopkins being in the game, you're looking at a whole different Cardinals offense, a whole different ball game for the Cardinals. So Cardinals lose that one. Tough loss. You go to the Falcons game, Falcons versus Seattle. I really thought Seattle was going to win this game. It kind of went back and forth a little bit. The good news is the Falcons were able to get a lot more production out of some of their guys that they've been hoping would do something. Geno Smith had a great game, uh, 325 yards passing, two touchdowns, one interception. Rashad Penny pitched in 14 carries for 66 yards. Um, Lockett had nine receptions for 76 yards. Um, Metcalf, five receptions, 64 yards in the score. So it's kind of good to see Metcalf back into the swing of things. And, and, and you know, Disley has been nice. He's Disley has actually outplayed Noah Fan. So I really don't understand what's going on in this offense. Um, Kyle Pitts, finally, five receptions, uh, 87 yards. Drake London, three receptions, 54 yards in the score. I've talked about these rookies, man. These rookies continue to have impacts. <laughs> Drake London is the real deal. It's the real deal. It took me a while to get around this, to uh, saying that, but yes, he's the real deal. Falcons pull off this win, uh, 27 to 23. But the biggest reason why the Falcons won this game was because of Cordero Patterson. 17 carries, 141 yards, and a score. Cordero Patterson is showing me a lot this year as a running back. If you go into the stats page in the NFL to see who is the leading rusher in the NFL, I guarantee you that Cordero Patterson is definitely top five. He has two big 100-yard rushing games, and he just continues to get better just as a runner. Forget all the passing work. He's not really getting passing work anymore. Um, he's just running the ball and looking like a real running back. So shout-out to Cordero Patterson. We look at the 49ers versus <laughs> the 49ers versus the Broncos. This was by far the worst way to end Sunday night. You're thinking you're going to get a, a decent game with Jimmy G. You started out throwing the ball to IU. You're thinking, oh, man, it's going to be a great game. Jimmy G, <laughs> 211 yards passing, one touchdown, one interception. And he also runs out the end zone for a safety, which dramatically changed the game, which gave the <laughs> – it gave the Broncos a score of 5 to 10 at a, at a, at a certain point. And um, it was it 5 to 7, 5 to 7. And then, you know, they kick a field goal, and it's 10-5, and then – Two more field goals by the Broncos. It was a defensive matchup. Russell Wilson has not looked good. He had 184 yards on 33 pass attempts. Javante Williams, 15 carries, 58 yards. Melvin Gordon, 12 for 26 and a score. The pass game, obviously, you have Sutton doing his thing. Eight receptions for, 90, uh, for 97 yards. But outside of that, it's like this offense for the Broncos needs some fire, some some juice, something to make it exciting. Like, I don't know, put somebody out there to do something. Like, Russell Wilson just doesn't have it. They win this game barely. 
Uh, Jeff Wilson had a great game, 12 carries, 75 yards. I felt that they should have given Jeff Wilson the ball more. Maybe they win this game. Debo Samuel is used in a very weird way. You know, five carries for uh, for um, six yards. I'd rather him get these carries in targets and, you know, get more, cre- get more creative. Throw him a lot of, you know, screen passes, dump offs. Um, just get creative with Debo. Like, Giving them five to ten carries a game is just not going to cut it. You're taking away from actual people who run the ball. Let Debo do what he does best, which is receiving the ball. Now, if you get to the goal line and you want to get creative and give him a carry or two, then that's different. Just do, do not abuse and hurt your best weapon in Debo Sammy. Hey, what's good? What's good, Freezer Burns? Manny, my man, keep up the good work, man. Appreciate the love, man. Appreciate the love. Appreciate the support, man. Um, definitely on the uh, last game about to end the stream, but yeah, um, the 49ers are blessed to have Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Jimmy Garoppolo somehow, some way takes them to the playoffs. When you look at that division with Seattle being up and down, you would think that 49ers would be the second best team after the Rams. So it's definitely gonna be interesting. You got Arizona out there, but I really don't know with the Hopkins, uh, you know, suspension is just a lot of funny things that could happen. The teams that you want to be good are not good. The teams that are bad are actually good. And you really don't find out who teams are until about week week six, week seven, week eight. That span, that three-week stretch is kind of where you kind of see the direction where a team is going. You're going to see teams get better. We have to realize plenty of teams did not have a preseason, right? So this is their preseason for, for a lot of these guys. Um, so tonight you have the Cowboys. You have the Giants. I really don't know who wins tonight. Um, hey, Freezer Burns, man, it's all good, man. It's all good. You can always go back and catch a replay of the stream. It was a pretty good one. Just kind of recapped all the games this weekend. Uh, Freezer Burns writes, made a great trade today. Traded Lazard and Pierce for Devontae and Etienne. I like it. And if it's Dynasty, I love it even more. But it's definitely a great trade because um, I just said that Romeo Dobbs is going to end up being the, being the number one wide receiver for the Packers. So moving moving Lazard was a great move. You sell high on Lazard. I'm not big on Lazard. Lazard is like he's he's a good player, but he's always capped. He's always capped. You, you like you know what you're gonna get out of Lazard. And with Pierce, I'm glad that you sold high and you sold right away. Pierce is gonna have good games, but at the end of the day, he's still a rookie. And I I rather trust I trust ETN more than I trust Pierce. I understand James Robinson is balling right now. Devontae man, Devontae Smith is a beast man is a he's a beast like you clearly won this trade Devontae Smith is going to get more games like you saw on Sunday I mean you killed this trade you killed this trade man I I love this trade for you eventually ETM becomes a slot wide receiver for the Jags so he's going to have a ton he's going to have tons of PPR upside so I love it Trevor Lawrence is like well on his way to becoming a great quarterback in the NFL and uh, you definitely want to have ETM now rather than later because the price of ETM goes up uh, he says, and he's on the Texas. Also, uh, Peterson uh, said he's going to play ETN more. Absolutely. You can see it. Each week, it's more snaps for ETN. It's more more involvement in, in the offense, especially on the receiving side. So as guys like Marvin Jones start to fizzle out, you're going to see ETN taking more of a role in the receiving game where he's getting targeted 10 times, catching nine receptions in, 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 in PPR. That's nine points. That's kind of like what you're looking for. But, guys, this is a fun stream. This is your guy, Manny. Um, 
appreciate the love. Make sure y'all just continue to like, continue to subscribe, and continue to share. Um, I definitely will be coming on in two days to do my uh, fantasy uh, start sits. And then also, uh, I'll be coming on to do a few other fantasy shows. And some videos are going to be uh, getting dropped on the channel. So if you guys are also interested in becoming a channel member, you guys can go down there and uh, do that. Um, but yeah, I'm going to holler at you guys and you guys have a great rest of the day. I'm out. Peace.